The following program, the Doris Davenport Show, all local, all the time, is brought to you in part by Doris Davenport. The views and opinions therein do not represent those of Newsweb Radio Company or its management. Substance use or gambling may have caused you to feel like there's no way out. The truth is that there is help for you and your family, and it's closer than you may think. The Way Back In is a nonprofit treatment center for substance use and gambling that helps people in Proviso Township rebuild their lives from the damages of addiction. You can contact Way Back In by visiting waybackin.org or by calling 708-345-8422. That's 708-345-8422. Admissions office is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you are experiencing an emergency and need immediate assistance outside of these hours, please contact 911. Way Back In is here to help. Way Back In programming is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. Did you know that the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation has a website, a Facebook page, and a Twitter feed? And they're easy to find. Search online for OPRFCF. See what's new. Find a scholarship. Donate to support local nonprofits. Join a group or just connect. Welcome back to the Doris Davenport Show. My name is Doris Davenport, and I am your host for the hour. Hey, Paul, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing so much better. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been in the studio. I had an, I had a non-COVID respiratory infection. And I tell you, I tell everybody, eat healthy, stay fit, because these viruses out here are no joke. Mm-hmm. Have you been hit this winter? You were hit because you were out for a minute. A, a while ago. I feel like before Christmas I was hit more so than after Christmas, but that feels like eons ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, at the height of it, I was like, I couldn't breathe. I had this rattle in my throat and, and my chest was so congested. Every day it got better, but my, my, even today, I have a little bit of a cough. They say it just, it it's lingers for a while, but it's like night and day. I was going to say, you seem like you're doing well. Well, thank you. You know, it's a little bit of that energy. <laughs> <laughs> Mind over matter, I guess. Listen, folks, we have only got an hour today, and we've got so much to talk about. I'm so excited to have my friends in the studio, the sponsors of this Doris Davenport show, and that is the Way Back In. We have an the studio with us today, uh, Anita Pendor, who is the executive director of The Way Back In and the outreach coordinator, um, Chris. Chris, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Thank you. And Anita- Infections are no joke, like you said. <laughs> right? Yeah. How you doing, Anita? I'm um, good. Thank you. I see you You didn't bring the crutches today. I did not. It's getting slightly better, so I'm limping a little still, but I'm getting better. She's killing it. Yeah. She is killing oh, yeah. it. Yeah. She's, She's almost ready it. to sprint. That's what I, I said. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not today, but we'll see. Well, sure. what I love about Anita, you know, when you've got crutches or you've got a boot on your foot, you just uh, dress a little sexy, and that way it takes your mind off of the attention off of all the other apparatus. It helps. It helps. 
<laughs> well, listen, before we get into our subjects today, uh, just by way of intro for the show, there are a couple of things I want to talk about um, unrelated to today's topics. We have Election Day coming up on Tuesday. And I want to take a moment, first of all, and ask everyone to draw in, um, really bring your hearts forefront. Um, and I would like to simply ask that you say a prayer for the Wyman family. Uh, my longtime friend and co-host of the Doris Davenport Show, Doug Wyman, passed away. And I am not prepared to go into um, a conversation about that today because it's just too raw and I will not be able to hold it together. So I did put um, some words from my heart on my Facebook page um, to Doug. And um, I just appreciate if everyone would say a prayer uh, for the Wyman family and Doug rest in peace. Um, know that we will be having a tribute show probably sometime in April um, to Doug, and I look forward to that. So um, we have Election Day coming up, and if Doug were here, Doug would scold anybody who doesn't plan to vote or who hasn't already been out to vote. I have, I'm also a proponent of early voting, but this year I have told most people that I advise you not to early vote this year. Wait until Election Day because there's so many unknowns. There were so many things that came out um, toward the end of the election, uh, toward the end of the last two weeks before election that we didn't know before. So, But now it's time. Get out and vote. You've got literally two days left, tomorrow and Tuesday. Whoever you've decided that you're going to vote for, you want to make sure that you vote your interests. Um, there's almost, a lot of people say we're guaranteed to have another runoff. Um, it is unlikely that the incumbent is going to reach that 50% mark, which would keep her out of the runoff situation. Uh, that's just what the polls say, you know. The uh, voters have the last say, so we don't know. Somebody could surface with over 50 percent, and then we avoid a runoff altogether. Um, not likely, according to most people. So get out there. Make your voice count. Um, look at your life, uh, what your needs are, what your desires are for your children, for your family, for your future, and vote for the person that you feel is going to make the best difference, the biggest difference in your daily life. And we'll stick a pin in that for now. Next week is going to be some interesting conversation, y'all. So now, this is Problem Gambling Awareness Month. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And one thing that I know is that the Way Back In is a, they're in the forefront of helping people to deal with addictive problems. And uh, gambling is no different. Anita, I'm going to ask you to give us some foundation on this gambling problem. How big is it? Um, just tell us, give us a background on this gambling problem. So gambling has been around um, since the beginning of time, right? So if we go look back in history, um, we've always have um, had some form of gambling um, in human behavior. Some of it was um, for you know, how will the fates determine your luck? Um, there was a justice determined, right? We were going to roll some bones and see <laughs> which way justice was going to fall. So we've had a form of gambling all along. Um, so this isn't like new. This isn't like something that just came about. 
Um, however, as the years were going on and as um, civilization kind of evolved, we started also understanding that some people will have issues or a problem with gambling use disorders just like they would with other substances or other mental health. Um, and so um, in 2020, which was kind of at the height of the pandemic, so probably not the best year, but um, the state of Illinois was really wonderful in engaging a statewide study. And so HRIA conducted a statewide study on the prevalence of gambling use disorders here in the state of Illinois. And you can find that online. So, um, you know, people, if they want to read the whole entire study or just maybe look at some of the highlights. Um, uh, but um, one of the conclusions that was drawn is that in the state of Illinois, there is almost 4%, like 3.8% of people who will have a gambling use disorder and another 7% or so who are at risk. So we're looking at about a million people within the state of Illinois who are affected by gambling use disorders. And we do know that that's a, you know, a large amount of people, yeah, percentage-wise, you know, that's not uh, everyone. So no one advocates there not to be gambling. Gambling should be fun. It should be entertainment. Um, it should just be something that you get to go out and do and, you know, really just kind of enjoy. But when it is an entertainment for you, when it is beyond that, then there's help available, and we want everyone in Illinois to know that there is hope and help, and um, they can get resources. Interesting. So it sounds like you're kind of making a distinction between tolerance and addiction, right? Because some of us have a tolerance where we can just gamble for pure entertainment, and that's how it always was. I mean, I look back from... The, the Amazon days when, when they'd let the, um, the the animals out of the cages and the um, um, their at that time what their version of a soldier was had right. to fight the animals and they'd bet on that yes right oh, yeah well gambling just like anything else like a stimulant will um, kind of activate dopamine so mm-hmm. you get dopamine firing in your brain. And all of us, um, if you do or you do not have a gambling use disorder, will be stimulated by gambling. What happens, though, is a lot of times we sort of lose kind of that control, if you will, um, not because you're a bad person or because you don't have good willpower or, you know, because the devil took over or anything. It's just <laughs> Which a lot of people believe with that's all true. that stigma. It's, that's yeah. true. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's just some of us handle things differently, and we all have different body chemistry and brain chemistry, and things just affect us differently. So when things affect us differently, sometimes we will kind of be predisposed or because of environment end up in that situation and so then that's where we have help but yeah we we all feel good when we gamble because it produces dopamine and you get a rush you do you gotta like and and people sometimes say like i don't understand gambling right Mm -hmm. because they're like you're not actually ingesting a product but your brain doesn't know if you ingested alcohol or if you're gambling it's just feels the same centers are lighting up yeah Mm -hmm. chris let me ask you when it comes to alcohol or uh, alcohol particularly i guess you can mask it with drugs but there's some visible visible symptoms you can kind of tell if somebody's been drinking Mm -hmm. you can tell if somebody's a little bit high or gambling is one of those things that if i were in a room full of people it'd be kind of hard for me to just say oh that person is a gambler that person is a gambler what are some of the signs that someone has a gambling problem some signs are that people start to spend their monies in ways that aren't 
being put into what they should be putting it into. And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about bills, mm-hmm. um, any sort of thing where they're paying for their children's school or stuff. They start to put those paychecks into different places. So while everything else, like you said, you could smell it with alcohol, you could smell it with marijuana, you could see if someone's becoming lethargic with gambling, you can't see or sense really anything. Um, people start to isolate more, especially if they're losing more and more with their money, like they're not spending it in the right places. So people often become recluse. Um, they'll be on their phones more. They'll be looking at their computers more. They'll be watching games more. And they become almost obsessed. Like Anita said, like when people are getting those rushes of dopamine, it almost starts to hijack your body. Mm. Um, I, I remember there was a therapist that I heard once before calling it like that one old movie called Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And that's really what starts to happen to some people. Yeah. It starts to really take over. So you'll just start to see people doing things that are just a little bit different than normal. You might see that they're reclusive or that they're getting more anxious than normal. Maybe they're expressing that they're anxious, but they're not really saying why. Or they start Start to talk about money more, and they're almost obsessing about the fact that they don't really have money to pay for the things that they're doing. So I think when we do sense that in a loved one, or even you're in a room of people, and you just start to see that that's happening, to really pull that person aside and just start that conversation. Like, hey, I notice that you are kind of withdrawing more, or you're kind of really staring at your phone more, or you're mm-hmm. talking about these sports betting apps and all the sports games that are going on, and I'm not quite sure what's happening, but I just want to know if you're okay or if you want to talk about this. Wow, I find that fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And it makes me think about, you know, how do you approach a conversation with somebody who you suspect could have a problem? And, well, yeah, I mean, how? What, what, the what, the how? biggest thing That's... is, like, it, it might feel strange or awkward, but truly we want to make people feel comfortable, even though you're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. to approach that person and just with open arms and just really listen because what people really need in those moments is connection. They need someone to know that you no care judgment. and that you love them. No judgment. And, and sometimes it's just like, hey, I could be wrong, right? I don't know. But here's what I've noticed and here's maybe some help. Or, or maybe, you know, we, we've been at many events and we've been around. It's okay to say, like, I was just at this event. I saw this no. booth. I picked up a pamphlet. I thought maybe mm. you want to take a look at it. No, throw it out. But just sharing the message, sharing it. And, and these are often uncomfortable conversations. And we often feel uncomfortable. You probably also usually have these conversations with everyone else. Mm. But that person also true. Right. Mm -hmm. But thinking about uncomfortability, do you have an opinion about whether it's like, is it all right for me to approach that person? Would it be better if I go to a loved one of that person and let them have that conversation? You know, what do you? I would say, well, are there any- honestly, either or, depending right. if you do right. feel close enough. If you mm-hmm. don't, then yeah, of course, approach a loved one and say like, hey, I've been noticing this behavior and that they're really starting to fret about not having money and that their money is going to all these places. Right. Like, right. And this is the fifth time they asked me to borrow yeah. money and I'm starting mm. to become concerned. Like I want and to help them to alleviate that, but I feel like I'm not helping them at this point. And, and sometimes maybe- it's okay. The more we intervene, the better. I mean, if you're going to lose a friend but help them, it's probably better to make sure that we've helped somebody. That's a good so, point. You know, like, they might temporarily be mad at you, but <laughs> once they get the help they need, they will come back. So mm. Yeah, and maybe having a general conversation, because like you said earlier, it's kind of hard to know whether it's alcohol or drugs or gambling. It's kind of like, happening. you know, if somebody asks a woman, are they pregnant, when Fine. they just gained a little weight. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that, folks. <laughs> maybe don't start a conversation by Chris, I think you're the general gambler. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Maybe perhaps start a little bit more gentle. Like, hey, I've noticed there's a lot of gambling going on recently. What mm-hmm. do you think like, about that? Just as a prime example, I have one 
um, sibling actually right now that's dealing with a lot of strife in a couple ways. Some some of it's substances, a little bit it's gambling, and then part of it's stocks. So stocks, some people might not think that that could be gambling, that's right? But he he is obsessing and always talking about finances and needing more money and worrying about money and seeing trying what's going on. So I think really what has been best is just continuing that conversation. So honestly, at first I didn't really know how to talk about it with him because it is your loved one. Mm-hmm. Even when you talk about it in groups at the way back what? in, where I actually do help clients who are actually really struggling with this mm-hmm. to get to a place of recovery when it's your own loved one actually it felt a little harder because you're so yeah. attached to them yeah like doctor heal thyself right it's yeah. very difficult to do yeah mm-hmm. but as i continue that conversation he starts to open up more and more and more and starts to feel safe and that i'm a safe person to talk to so then he actually starts to delve into it more and give more details so then from those details i'm actually able to help him more and to guide him to that help Interesting. So now, what are some of the other kinds of issues like like mental disorders that can develop as a result of somebody going into gambling? Like I can imagine if they're successful at gambling and and they're winning, that things are great. Maybe they're overindulging in things. But if they're not successful, I can just imagine somebody like sinking into a depression or, I don't know, getting anxious about Things. That is very true. So there's mm. two things that are usually separated. Um, if there's bipolar disorder and somebody is in a, a manic stage um, and there's any kind of excessive spending or gambling, we don't usually consider that necessarily a form of gambling use disorder. It's usually the mania, which when medicated um, will become better. Um, and people sometimes on certain medications, so some medications for restless leg syndrome, I'm not saying all of them, so everybody who's on them does. <laughs> <laughs> like you should My friends on those. Run to the medicine cabinet right now. Right. Or Parkinson's yeah. um, will sometimes trigger um, that response. And so people who've never gambled in their lives all of a sudden will develop a gambling use disorder. And then when you remove the medicine, they will stop. Um, so it's often just important to check with your doctor. And those are sometimes important conversations, right? Like, Mom has been fine all along, and then she mm. went on these meds, and now all of a sudden she's at the casino every weekend. All these behaviors are developing, right? So if you if you just don't have that conversation because you're embarrassed or you just aren't comfortable with it, you wouldn't be able to solve that problem, which can be very easily solved by switching to a different med. So it's um, it's important to sometimes be very open-minded and get past our own comfort level and do what's best for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we can't ignore about gambling or any other kind of substance abuse is what it can lead to. I can't help, and you know, you'll correct me if you don't agree, but I can't help but look at the Murdoch case, the Murdoch murder case, the um, Murdoch who's accused of killing his wife and his son. Oh, I think I watched that. Yeah, it is like the the trial happening right now and the defense is about to rest and the jury's going to go into deliberation. And really what this what the crux of this is about is this is a man who was addicted to opioids for years and years, a great many opioids and. I remember uh, last week there's one distinct, maybe 30-second instance where I am absolutely positive I saw a psychiatric episode with him on the stand that lasted about 30 seconds. And, you know, you it triggers something, these, these, these meds or some kinds of addictive um, medications. And can it, can it trigger you to the point where you murder somebody? Well, I'm not an expert in that. I was definitely going to give that one to you. I'm like, oh, do not know. (laughs) But all of these things are supposed to. So things like alcohol, 
pills, um, medications, gambling, they're supposed to trigger things, right? That's, that's why they're designed. They're, they're supposed to affect our brains, our chemistry, um, dopamine receptors in such a way where there is a response. But sometimes we just aren't sure what that response will be, and that's where we need to be kind of cautious. Yeah. A, well, mm-hmm. I was just going to say, there's a response as well if someone's using stuff a lot, if it's opioids, alcohol, gambling, any sort of behavior, and all of a sudden you just stop. And you don't have yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not that gambling necessarily is the cause of it, but Mm-mm. one of the results of gambling is the loss of material things. Yeah. And the loss of material things can lead you to do some really unscrupulous things. It's true. And like you said, like people start to lose a lot. And mm-hmm. it's one of the highest disorders with suicidality because you can mm. lose stuff so quickly. Mm. And people often don't really realize it. Like you said, like some people don't even know that gambling or certain behaviors like sex or shopping can even mm-hmm. be an addiction. But a right. lot of people have these things. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it is so much harder to tell. But that's kind of what this whole statewide campaign that we're working on is geared to do. It's supposed to spread that hope and help that Anita was talking about. It's called, are you really winning? Mm -hmm. So maybe you did win a couple times when you've been gambling, or maybe on the slots you did get a couple wins a few times, but once your family relationship starts to struggle, once your finances start to slip, once you start to see chaos kind of, uh, you know, culminating in your life, are you really winning? Yeah. Are you really winning? That's a great question. And what a great title for a campaign. And we're going to dig into that campaign in the second half an hour. But, you know, it's like you said, when you look around and things are failing around you, that's kind of a wake up call. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, It's hard. You hope. You hope. Because some people, it it takes a little bit longer, unfortunately, to see, like, is this, some people not need, but need a couple wake-up calls or to really see that it's really kind of almost taking them over like the body snatchers, you know? Right. But gambling is so easy now. I mean, it used to be, I remember years ago, you had a bookie and they would come around the neighborhood. There's only a couple times, a couple ways to gamble. Yeah. But now... I mean, they're video gambling, and the video gambling is behind curtains in bars, and it's now it's now legal to bet on college games. Yep. I mean, it's just you've got apps for gambling yep. now. It's so easy. So we made access much easier, and we're making it also kind of socially acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's where we really want to spread that message of gotta take a look at this there's nothing wrong or right about gambling it's just is it right for you and then those questions like are you really winning so -hmm. if you're in college and you're under 21 and you shouldn't be gambling yet because one your brain's not fully developed and b it's illegal it's a question are you really winning when you're going to class and you're looking and you're starting to fail classes and you might not graduate on time. Looking at your phone under the desk while the teacher's doing the lecture. (laughs) (laughs) taking notes. (laughs) So, you know, when when you start missing family activities, when you're not there because you're... That withdrawn. Right, when people are like, where's grandma? She's over at um, the casino. Um, And she missed, you know, not one, but multiple birthday parties. That question becomes, are you really winning? Because it's not just money. It's also so many other things. That's a great example, Anita, because I think about people who are retired. And I happen to know some wealthy retirees who spend all of their time at the boat. And for them, it's a socializing thing, getting together. But before you know it, you got a gambling problem. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. you're starting to see all the same people at the same place, too. Right. That's right. Right. So while it's fun for a while, it's like maybe we can all get together and do something else that's like socially fun for us. So we're not all <laughs> just like losing our money, you know? That's right. That's right. Kind of helping people connect to those things. Yeah. So this we are talking about um, gambling disorders. Um, this is a problem gambling awareness month for the month of March. Yeah, coming, so, right, up. coming right up. And um, we're going to be talking more about this on the other side of the hour. Uh, we've got in the studio with us today Anita Pendur, who is the executive director of uh, Way Back In. And, of course, along with um, Anita Pendur is none other than the outreach coordinator, um, Chris Ward. And we thank you both for being here. Thanks, we Tom. are going to take a break and pay some bills and hear what's happening in the world of sports. Uh, my name is Doris Davenport. I'm the host of The Doris Davenport Show, and we'll be back in a minute. Has substance abuse or gambling taken priority in your life? Are you looking for a change? Visit waybackin.org. Waybackin.org. This ad is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. Discover one of our community's unique resources, the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation. www.oprfcf.org. Did you know that the Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation has a website, a Facebook page, and a Twitter feed? And they're easy to find. Search online for OPRFCF. See what's new. Find a scholarship. Donate to support local nonprofits. Join a group or just connect. Substance use or gambling may have caused you to feel like there's no way out. The truth is that there is help for you and your family. And it's closer than you may think. The Way Back In is a nonprofit treatment center for substance use and gambling that helps people in Proviso Township rebuild their lives from the damages of addiction. You can contact Way Back In by visiting waybackin.org or by calling 708-345-8422. That's 708-345-8422. Admissions office is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you are experiencing an emergency and need immediate assistance outside of these hours, please contact 911. Way Back In is here to help. Way Back In programming is supported by the Proviso Township Mental Health Commission. The weather's getting warmer. Time to enjoy the outdoors, biking, hiking, sports. Pains and sprains. I hate venturing out. Let me give you something for that. A Band-Aid? The number to Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-4662. I'll need a body cast. How about holistic healing? Can you explain that? Not as well as Dr. Victor Romano, 708-848-7662. One Erie Court, Oak Park. It's time for your sports update here in the middle of the Doris Davenport show, all local, all the time. We'll keep it local. We got spring training baseball, Chicago versus L.A. in both leagues, and the White Sox are trailing 7-0 in the fourth inning against the Angels, while the Cubs 
are ahead on the Dodgers, three nothing in the fifth inning. It's spring training. It's just spring training. Let's not let's not freak out. It's day two. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, in games that actually do count, the Bulls are leading the Washington Wizards. Uh, just about a minute left in the first half, forty four to forty three right now at the United Center. Blackhawks last night were victorious on the West Coast, four to three over the San Jose Sharks in overtime. Uh, unofficially, it's the first time in nearly eight years that the Blackhawks have played a game without Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane or Patrick Kane in the lineup. So uh, a, a little bit of a changing of the guard or a new era here in Blackhawks hockey. Percy. A little less, yeah, as well. They still still controversy. I mean, they never they never cleaned up that mess, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the sports report. Uh, I'm Paul Shavari, and back to Doris Davenport, all local, all the time. Great, and this is Doris Davenport, the Doris Davenport Show host. I'm here with Anita Pendor and Chris Ward. We are talking about Problem Gambling Awareness Month. I want to ask you about um, treatments. Are there sp- like, are the treatments for gambling very different from the treatments for alcohol or substance abuse disorder? They're really not. Um, the ones that we find that work best are cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm. So that, that seems to be sort of the leading one. Um, group therapy appears to be, you know, everybody always likes individual therapy because we always have that picture of, you know, me laying on a couch and talking about my mother. <laughs> and that little silver thing that hits with yeah. the balls, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Some hypnosis here yes. and there. Um, but, but really, um, it, it appears, um, and from the research that's kind of out there, is that kind of behavioral therapy and um, group therapy seem to be most effective. Um, and that's probably because it is such a behavioral disease, and so we do need to change your behavior. Um, a lot of it is about you know feeling better and thinking, and you know maybe maybe there might be some depression or anxiety where you do need to see um, a psychiatrist and get some medications. But most of it is how do I really kind of change everything about my mm. life and still okay? Um, and some of it is about that rearranging of the way we kind of think almost. So one of the exercises we sometimes do with like students or some um, is to kind of tell them like, all right, like switch it up. So, you know, we know right and left, but every time I say left, really raise your right hand. And Mm -hmm. so kind of thinking through that and seeing how long that actually takes for somebody to be like, oh, no, wait, it's this hand. So it's a process and it's not like an overnight process. We have to give people grace and understand that, you know, like we, we joked around about my knee and my knee injury, and it's been a process of healing. <laughs> healing takes time. takes time, right? We have to be okay with the fact that, you know, just because yesterday I said I might have a problem and, you know, today I got one therapy session, I, I'm not mm-hmm. healed yet. I might need a day or two. And just like physical therapy, like the brain's also a physical thing mm-hmm. inside of your body. So you think it's like a mental therapy, but you're really helping, like Anita said, when you start to do the left versus right, helping people to rewire where their brain is thinking and going so that you don't just jump to something that you already have a bunch of divots in your brain. You know, right? Already it's, geared toward. It sounds like you're saying that um, a gambling disorder is correctable or reversible. Now, like that's unlike alcohol or drugs, where you know I, people say if you're certain drugs like heroin, you're always addicted. Once addicted, it's not like you can 
alleviate I'd say it's that. Good. You actually, honestly, with everything, you really always have those pathways, let's say. Oh. And, and in recovery, it's you're living in a new life, doing new things, and getting all those behaviors kind of changed. Mm-hmm. But it's always like lingering in the background. We like to think about it and kind of phrase it like you're in remission. Mm. Right? Just like something like cancer or so yeah. it's like a lifelong thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know every doctor. I won't speak for them, but I'm only assuming that <laughs> when you have like lung cancer, most doctors are not going to be like, well, you've been in remission for five years. Go back it's to okay smoking. It's okay to smoke, yeah. Right. Um, so, so we kind of have that same approach. I mean, I don't think we would ever recommend that you go back to gambling or that you re-engage in it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people who are successful at it, but that's not a a large amount so and it's gambling right like you can live your whole entire life and never gamble again and you'll be okay you'll still be really happy and there's plenty of other things that you could be doing but it is that teaching and it is that um, societal norm where we have to set up the ability for people not to gamble and for us to be okay so I know we um, just finished with the Super Bowl and we're going to March and March is Prime Gambling Awareness Month and then um, we're going to and March Madness and March Mm -hmm. Madness so during March Madness, we have to be okay when somebody in your office pulls us, no, I don't want to be part of the bracket. Um, we, we don't have to push for them. We can't, like, make them do it. We can't be like, oh, come on, why right. not? Mm-hmm. Pressuring people. Right. We have to allow for safe space. We have to allow for space for people who don't want to watch some of the games. We, we have to be okay with some people choosing not to engage in gambling for whatever reason it is that we're choosing not to. I'm a little surprised that group therapy is so successful because I think, and maybe this is a, um, um, an incorrect um, assumption on my part, I look at gambling as a, having a different stigma than those associated with alcohol or drug abuse because you have to have more discretionary income to be a chronic gambler in order to develop a problem. Maybe, you know, because you can still, I guess, have very little. And if you're putting it all into gambling, that's a problem. But I wonder sometimes if it's like that white crime, white collar crime versus blue collar crime, where we excuse gamblers more than we excuse alcohol or drug abusers. Any thoughts? A Any little trends? bit, right? I mean, addiction is addiction, so everyone can um, develop addiction, and it really spans all across income, socioeconomic status, um, you know, any kind of ethical barrier, like everything, right? Like, we, we can't say, like, oh, because you're a woman or a woman of color, therefore you won't develop one, so we, we, we can't say that. Uh, but there definitely is a little bit more because it is um, kind of a disease of money, if you will, and money is that drug. Um, and a lot is very subjective, right? It, it, a lot to me might be very different than a lot to you, and you definitely find a way to gamble. But what we have seen is that with our uh, gambling clients, we will see most of them are employed and continue being employed, unlike substance use. So, um, Because a lot of times substance use will just lead to different behaviors that will make you unemployable, for example, mm. where um, people who gamble more will find ways to continue being employed. And therefore, often they feel like it's different. And there is a little hierarchy, right, um, even among people within mm-hmm. a group. That's very true. Um, there is a little bit, I would say, of you know needing to have a really good memory um, because you need to remember kind of 
the lies and excuses and who you borrowed what from and, mm. and where that money really got, went. Yeah, where, where it's going. It really like, what's that tick on our bank account? What is <laughs> what does this mean? You know, the Betty Boop shop that you went and yeah. spent some time at. So th- there's a little bit more than you need to do with that. So there definitely is, and I think because it's not as recognized, you're right. It often gets ignored as a real addiction. So when they're is we often see like, oh, you just stole money as opposed to maybe it was embezzled for gambling. Mm. And so it's, it's, it's really a reason to look at it and sometimes ask, like, what's really happening? And Where I think, is this money going? And the, another part of that stigma is like community stigma. So mm. even people who are struggling themselves have that stigma and even amongst people in recovery or with other addictions. But then there's also people who just have no idea that gambling can even be an addiction. Like Anita said, we do all of these events. We even have done a bunch of sporting events. And a lot of people approach our table saying, I never even thought that this could actually take over your life like alcohol or opioids or heroin or any of these other substances. But for many people, it really does. So this whole campaign for March is really a national and then for us, a statewide campaign to get that education out there that first of all it can be a disorder and actually affect mm-hmm. people where to get that help that there's hope available and also like that there's a whole other aspect to it and a side of recovery so that we can celebrate the fact that there actually is a light at the end of the tunnel for people awesome awesome let's um let's talk about this campaign uh it's the campaign and public art competition for problem gambling awareness i think this is phenomenal I, I, I think this is just absolutely phenomenal. I want to dig into it deeply. Let's talk about it before we announce the date for the call for entries. Um, please tell us, what is this campaign all about? We, I love the tagline, are you winning? So, Are you really winning? In the are you really winning campaign, mm. um, we really wanted to celebrate March as Prom Gambling Awareness Month, and we really want to celebrate it in that positive way where there is, you know, other forms of entertainment. And so we wanted to create an art campaign um, where everyone from the whole entire state is welcome to uh, submit um, anything that they feel is an artistic representation of what recovery, gambling recovery, gambling addiction kind of means to them. And um, really kind of uh, taking it to the next level of making it and really tying all of us from the whole entire state of Illinois um, kind of together and seeing where we are at and how we can celebrate together. Yeah, and I I think a big part of it, too, is like people see advertisements, so they might even hear our ad on the radio. They see the Mm -hmm. billboards that we're doing. They see all the social media stuff. Mm -hmm. They may even see or hear some of these interviews that we're doing. But a lot of people won't know how to actually involve themselves into the campaign. So this is a way to really kind of like get that camaraderie going and that community involvement inside of the state campaign. Interesting. So this is the Are You Really Winning campaign. And the purpose of the campaign is to bring attention to a statewide educational Um, Well, it is a statewide educational campaign addressing problem gambling. Uh, Illinois-based artists, ages 21 and over, are called to shine a light on the journey from darkness to hope for individuals challenged with gambling addiction. Wow. Now, and you don't have to mm-hmm. either have had your own journey and or be, but we just want to recognize that it is for Problem Gambling Awareness Month. So if you're an artist who's not affected by gambling use disorder, we still, still want to utilize your you talent to utilize your talents and kind of celebrate with us. So if you have a vision right now, maybe start getting cracking. <laughs> the deadline is April 12th. So you actually have quite some time. You actually have the whole duration of Problem Gambling Awareness Month or the entirety of March to kind of get it all together. Now, what's the website for? 
for people to go to if they want to really get into the details and understand what the submission uh, guidelines are. Sure. So really fitting with the campaign, you actually just go to areyoureallywinning.com <laughs> and all the information will be there. At first, it starts to kind of delve into what the campaign is, is it in its entirety. Sure. But there's a whole problem gambling awareness um, section of the website that they can click on and it'll talk about the art campaign and everything else that people are doing throughout the state. There is a free submission of material into a uh, portal, the cafe portal, so yeah. artists are aware of that. And Oh, that's great, because um, a lot of times there are entry fees for these kinds of contests. No, Absolutely no, we, we made sure that, you know, there isn't. We really want to eliminate as many barriers as possible. Um, we will have, um, you know, kind of an award presentation during one of our um, conferences for gambling um therapists who are kind of being trained in May. So we will make sure that we recognize the artists who win. So we will have a first, second, and third um, place. And um, there will be a small stipend for those winners. Excellent. And who makes the decision? Well, we have um, some artists who will be involved in the judging. And we will also have some people in recovery involved um, and potentially maybe some of the casino representatives. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the stipend amount? Has that been publicized? Um, it's going to be... I believe the top stipend amount is the 2500 uh, And that's a cash stipend. Uh, and it, it's I a cash stipend. I think it's 1250 in, in cash, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it might be a truck, but, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Um, oh, yeah, that's the total of it. 2500 is the yeah, total, total of the stipend. Sorry. <laughs> right, 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 right. Gathering my wits around it. Yeah. 2500 total, and it's yes. broken up into first, second, and third right. place uh, prizes. And you have a jury panel of mm-hmm. other artists who mm-hmm. are going to be... And obviously, they're not submitting works. Um, <laughs> right. Well, this is kind there's of more a, information about them and their biographies on the website as well. Yeah. People can get more info. Yeah, and when you make the announcement for the winners, this is at a conference taking place in May? Yes, right. for the Illinois Council on Problem Gambling. Uh, right, and that's mm-hmm. at the Doubletree Hilton in Libertyville yeah. um, on the line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I think this is absolutely fascinating. Um, this is going to provide a platform for building a public art program that supports education about gambling addiction and recovery. Are you really winning? And, you know, that's such a fitting phrase because so often when we're doing things, we can look around us and say, I just cast a bet and one big and I go out and buy a house and get a new car and I've got a wardrobe and looking in the mirror because what I've done now is win. So I'm now gambling left and right, really trying to win some more so Mm -hmm. I can maintain the status that I've just elevated myself into. But really, I have to ask myself, am I really winning? Mm -hmm. I mean, is this a win? How'd you come up with that phrase? We partnered with A5 Branding and Digital. They're also very brilliant. We put a lot of minds they together. They are to come brilliant. Up. We came up with a lot of minds to kind of see how do we talk about gambling disorder and recovery in a way that really kind of like will reach people and make sense without making it sound like a negative thing, but also not being way too positive about it because we also don't want to offend people who have struggled with gambling. Right. So are you really winning? Really kind of just, I would say, just encapsulates that entire journey that someone really is going through when you start to lose things either small or large. Yeah. And we had a couple of focus groups, um, yeah. people in recovery, uh, people who are currently in treatment. Um, and, and this was really kind of one of the ones that they chose that they yeah. said that this really resonates with us because it really kind of gives us that that story that we're really telling. And again, we, we don't want to assign right or wrong, good or bad. Um, you know, yeah. there's many people who can gamble and they they 
do and it's enjoyment and that's that's perfectly okay that's their story it's just for those who don't and are suffering we want to make sure that there is help and hope and then there is recovery available. Because yeah, I think when it comes to any sort of disorder or addiction, people really start to veer toward the negative mm. and to really start to think about either the people that they love in that way or just the idea of it in that way. But we want to also showcase that there's a complete other side yeah. and that there is hope. And people have gone through it. They've actually made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's awesome. All you artists out there, get ready. Get that's ready right. because this Star is going to be. That's right. Or, Start or sculpting. Or sculpting. Yeah, or there's sculpting, a bunch. Whatever you want to do. And, and really, you know, speaking about the criteria. So here it is. They're looking for a compelling expression of subject matter pertaining to problem gambling or themes that communicate journeys of conflict, hope, and resolution. Emotive, non-representational work will also be considered, and it's they're looking for originality, creative use of material, technique, visual design, innovation, and aesthetic appeal. And also, your submission should include a written statement about how the artwork addresses problem gambling. This is just fantastic, and I want to say a little bit about the jury, the panel jury of artists. We've got Chuck Benya, who is the executive director of Artspace 304, which is a multidisciplinary creative hub and cultural space dedicated to providing access to the arts and supporting artists in Southern Illinois. We've got Kathy Osler, ATR LCPC, um, who's been working as an art therapist in the mental health sector for more than 30 years, consistently developing new ways to utilize creative expression in her mental health practice. We've got Pablo Serrano, who's an art and prolific muralist whose work is transforming public spaces across Chicago. That's fantastic, mm-hmm. y'all. I wonder, you know, we when did Illinois legalize gambling? How long has it been? It's been a while. So the first Riverboard started in 1990. Mm-hmm. And so it's been since 1990. But if you remember back then, the riverboats were just riverboats, right? And mm-hmm. um, you had to shoo, like, show up at a certain time and like, get on the boat. And then they actually had to dock off and leave. <laughs> Before, in order for you to oh, start man. gambling. Yeah. And I remember yeah. all the talk about putting casinos at O'Hare Airport. Right. Um, and now we're going to Bally's is coming, and I think they're mm-hmm. trying to do. I don't know if that deal ever went through. I actually think it kind of got stalled to put Bally's at the um, uh, Medina Temple downtown temporarily. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be temporary, and yeah. that's still coming. I mm-hmm. feel like, and then you know they're going to build a big kind of epicenter with entertainment yeah. and everything uh, by the river. <laughs> and that's gambling in person. We talked a lot about these apps that. Um, make access, as you say, much more available for people. So I wonder, how accountable should we be holding our elected officials for the regulation of these gambling apps? And, you know, when I think about this, I'm like, you know, I looked at some of these apps in preparation for this conversation, and one of the things that I saw was it's not like it was in the old days where you could just, you know, bet on a game, who's going to win. It's the temptation... And and I think I'm even comfortable using the word lure of someone who already has a problem with gambling because now it's like okay they want to they they want to 
they they dive into your love for the sport. So it's like, okay, will your guy make 30 points by halftime? Let's see. Bet on whether or not your team will win by more than 30 points or less than 30 points. Will your guy? I mean, the, they delve into your intellect as well because you start to like challenge. research the players yeah. and all their stats, and then you start to really feel like you know who they are and how they're going to play. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you feel like you have um, some type of ability to control something that has no control, right? Because gambling is just a risk. Yeah. And we all take risks, but this is a very kind of calculated risk where you just, the odds are always the same, right? So when I throw a coin up in the air, it's Still always 50-50. <laughs> where sometimes people are like, well, it's impossible. A kingdom head seven times, so uh-huh. the kingdom has to be chosen. Like, no, no, every time you do it, it's still 50-50. Yeah, and you know, I think about that accountability factor because, frankly, I think I would be supportive of a family member whose loved one lost all of their life savings because they were on one of these apps and succumbed to all those temptations. You know, where should we be holding elected? They they pass these laws to make it uh, legal. But I think the lawsuits are close behind. I think it kind of really ties with a million people with a problem. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I think it ties back to just having these awareness campaigns and really getting the word out there. Because like Anita and kind of what we talked about earlier, gambling's really okay for most people. Mm-hmm. But you also have to share that educational piece. So yeah. every stakeholder, anyone involved with gambling, if it's the casinos, if it's the sports betting apps themselves, if it's the sports teams, if it's advertisers, if it's politicians, we all just have to kind of rally together to let people know that, hey, most people can gamble and it's just fine. But for those who cannot or it's starting to cause some of that strife in your life, Mm-hmm. Here's what you can do. Here's the places you can go. And what safety measures are we going to put in for everyone? Yes. So I think mm-hmm. Talk about officials that. need to listen to their constituents and really be open-minded that, um, it, you know, I, I mean, I don't want my taxes going up. I know we're talking about elections. <laughs> I live in the city. I Texas are so fine. <laughs> Illinois, if you're I listening. usually <laughs> like to vote on election day, so I'm waiting until Tuesday. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, you know, it's it's taxes are high and... Um, you know, whenever there's anything that could offset that or create jobs or create um, new tourism, uh, I'm never like opposed to that, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go. But sometimes we need to be kind of careful about what we're doing and just put in some safety measures. So we need to put in safety measures for kids. You're talking about yeah. looking at some of these apps. Um, not all of them are necessarily controlled to our government. Some of them are from different countries and so Mm -hmm. we have no control over them so kind of making those decisions of are they going to be supported here or not Mm -hmm. some there's a lot of ads that come into you know even general like you know um you will be playing like word with friends and some of the pop-up ads that come through all gambling now honestly it's so true one thing if it's you or me but when you know my 15 year old and 17 year olds are getting those they should not be getting those right i find it very unsafe that's like advertising alcohol or cigarettes to them. I, I would not be comfortable mm-hmm. with that either. So we do have to kind of make sure that we are being safe um, around people who are underage. We also need to make sure that we have some safety protocols for some of this stuff, right? Um, you know, every, every time my credit card gets looks like something I might not have purchased, they text me, they alert me. What about some of these other kind of mm. venues, right? Like Because people will. Like, you know, if I share a credit card with my family members, they could be spending a lot of money. I might never know about that. Mm-hmm. So what about some maybe some alerts, um, some stop, the staff being trained, maybe maybe just saying like, hey, maybe you've had enough today. We, we've had some of those laws come out with alcohol, right, where 
our staff have been trained at bars for, for saying like I'm not gonna serve you anymore mm-hmm. or you know what I'm gonna call you an Uber or a cab I don't think you should drive so just just having a lot more you know we were seatbelts probably back in the day no one wore seatbelts right and people actually um, fought against having seatbelts because yeah. it's taking away liberties <laughs> yeah. I actually watched a video about that recently right. very interesting right. it's my freedom to do yeah. whatever I want we never used to put kids in the um, our chairs right but mm-hmm. now we do we put them in um, safety seats so it, it's just making sure that we're presenting some of that and making it yeah. safe for everyone irregardless of your ability to gamble or not yeah. gamble. that's real important those safety protocols uh, I was at an establishment one morning for one of our groups in Oak Park we had a meeting early in the morning at a coffee shop and this particular coffee shop I won't name it has a has a has a bar associated with it you might guess it and there's a curtain and when mm-hmm. I came in Somebody, the curtain opened and somebody came out through the back and their eyes, you know that um, emoji that has the real uh, dreamy eyes? Yeah, yeah. That's the way his eyes looked. Like he had been up wired all night long and they had the video gambling in the back. Oh, yeah. And I later found out that their family was having a problem as a result of this person's gambling and they're a business owner too. Um, So I I guess what I'm asking is, that person looked like they'd been there for a really long time at this bar. Um, are there laws in place now where, like, after a certain hour, like, you can't be in the park after 11 o'clock where the video games have to come, have to be shut off or unplugged? Right. Uh, they don't currently. Mm-hmm. I, was say, I think that's kind of being worked on yeah. and talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to those are a- the things that we should be kind of maybe speaking more to our elected officials and saying, yeah. what do you think? And letting them know and having experts talk about really what's happening with those loved ones and, and those individuals and how much they really are losing when they're there spending so much time. Yeah. Because even there's a um, thing that you can get on for the state or even other states as well where you're on a the gambling self-exclusion. Ex- self-exclusion list. And for a lot of people, that just excludes you from the casinos, but it doesn't exclude you from all these other different you know, sports betting apps and places that you can gamble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So kind of getting those laws in place and really worked through and talked about sooner rather than later. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And we have to remember that, again, for those who can, none of this will be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only for those who really have a problem. But we would do the same for anyone suffering from any other illness. Why would yep. we not, right? Like, yeah, if you think about it with the apps, I actually haven't been on there myself. I probably should just for like research purposes, mm-hmm. just so I can kind of really see what it's like. But a lot of things when you're on different websites, it's like, are you 21? Yes, you can enter. Right. Like, How do you actually prove that you are over 21 to be doing all of this? And I, I want to say that in Illinois, you know, when you look at the number of deaths per 100,000 total population, you mentioned suicide um, earlier. Um, there's like... 1,362 deaths by suicide in Illinois, and we don't know what the triggers are for those suicides, but certainly things like gambling problems and other disorders are things that cause people to want to commit suicide. Yeah, we we do know that the percentage of people attempting suicide is 20 times higher than the average with um, gambling use disorders. Mm -hmm. Some of it just has to do with, yeah, you, you lose everything and you feel so hopeless, and that's why we're kind of talking about early kind of calls to action, early recognition, or early conversations. Like, we're not saying don't gamble, but maybe limit. Maybe see what you can do. See how you feel if you don't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just giving people that hope and that help and the ability that it's gambling is fine in itself. It's just when you start feeling like it's not okay for you, that's that's 
that's kind of for you, right? And Excellent. People- We've oh, been sorry. talking about um, Gambling Problem Awareness Month. We're here with a way back in. Um, Anita Pendor, the executive director, and Chris Ward, an outreach coordinator. We are talking about the campaign called Are You Really Winning? Go to areyoureallywinning.com. It's a campaign and public art competition for problem gambling awareness. My name is Doris Davenport. This is the Doris Davenport Show, and we'll be back with you next week.